Often respected podcast hosts Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez met online in 2006 and began podcasting together shortly thereafter, discovered Star Wars Minute in 2014 and launched a Movies by Minute podcast of their own a year later, focused on the Back to the Future trilogy, completing it less than three years later with 340 episodes about the films themselves and five about the Universal Studios theme park attraction from the early 1990s. Received over 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, in early 2018 completed 95 episodes Episodes of the Cornetto Minute, dedicated to the Edgar Wright-directed comedy trilogy starting with 2004's Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. The show is nowhere near as popular with only four reviews on Apple Podcasts and has been on hiatus ever since. Hey, Scott, how's the hiatus? Well, I haven't been on hiatus. Not exactly. That's right. You've been working on that little side project, Spider or something. Spider-Man Minute. I don't know if I'd call it a side project exactly. I would. You know, I'm surprised you didn't take a break after last season of Cornetto Minute. That's what I did. I prefer to take my breaks behind the mic. Indeed you do, and that's why it's high time such skills were put to better use on Cornetto Minute Season 2. I'm sorry? Hot fuzz. You want us to cover every minute of Hot Fuzz? Yes, lovely. Isn't there a weekly podcast we could do? Oh, no. Can I just stay on hiatus then? No. Do I have any choice in this? No. But I kind of like being on hiatus. You always said you wanted to cover Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I don't remember telling you that. Yes, you did. You said, I'd love to cover Hot Fuzz one minute at a time someday, Zach. <sighs> Fine, but there's no way we can perpetuate the amount of carnage and mayhem in every minute of Hot Fuzz and not incur a considerable amount of podcasting. 115 daily episodes? Not a problem. The Cornetto Minute returns to investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Sanford's finest one minute at a time. It's about to go off with Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz this November at DuelingGenre.com for the greater good. For the greater good. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie, The Two Towers, one Urukai falling flat on his face at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us today from Mad Max Minute is Rick and Julia Ingham. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Of course. Glad to finally have you on the podcast. I know. It's about time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to say that. Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) We've been on your show twice at this point. I think as I think of this so, recording, yeah. not as of like publishing, but like, yeah. So, well, if we want to be keeping score, we didn't really have any guests on our first season, mm. and we had you on for our second season. So, really, you're just repaying us in kind. Oh, okay, that works. Ignoring the fact that our movies are a lot shorter. <laughs> I know your movie's like what ninety minutes. We, yeah, <laughs> we pushed above 90 minutes on the first two. We did not reach 100, but we pushed above 90. So a normal movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Reasonably feature length. Like, expectedly so. This is... Not just... triple feature length. No. No. <laughs> what minute are we talking about? So, today we're talking about minute 171, 
which starts with the Urukai that got shot in the neck on Friday falling straight forward, bemoaning his existence and hitting the ground, and ends with the Urukai charging forward with arrows coming at them. Yes. And you can see more of them falling. You got all of that out of that squeal? Yes. It's like... It's just an existential crisis. Apparently, that is one of Peter Jackson's favorite moments of sound design in the whole trilogy. Oh. He loves that that guy just sounds like a complaining man at work who's just been shouldered with all the responsibility. (laughs) It's just like 10,000 people here and I'm the first to die. (laughs) And just the sound of the armor hitting the ground is so good. (laughs) I think I would be grateful to be the first to die. Like, there's about to be a lot of misery and pain and mud and just general ick. Mm-hmm. But don't and forget he has the jokes. All of that. <laughs> yeah, but most of the Urukai don't get to hear the jokes. Julia, I don't think you'd make a good frontline medieval soldier. I don't... No, I'd be like, just kill me now. I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'd rather get shot in the neck and die almost instantly. You know, yeah, relatively quickly, quickly mm-hmm. than get shot in the leg and then be pulling myself along, just waiting for some dwarf. With a score to chop my head off. I wish I could remember exactly where this thought is coming from. I want to say it's an episode of Wishbone. But there is a thing I remember seeing of a rather portly guy who's involved in a medieval battle. And what he does is he grabs an arrow from the dead body of a soldier, sticks it under his armpit, and then lies on the ground as if he's been shot. That's and he amazing. spends the entire battle playing possum <laughs> that that, that sounds like something from wishbone it, yeah it's, it it's really does. tickling my memory and i'm just trying to figure out why but i definitely know <laughs> i've seen that it's either from wishbone or a cartoon is that from like what well, what episode of wishbone would that be from like ivanhoe or like robin hood or yeah probably or like the joan of arc story they did that oh one yeah episode. they did yeah. do a joan of arc one Wow, you guys have seen way more Wishbone than I have. Oh, man, I, like, grew up on that nonsense. That was on yeah. when I got home from school on the bus every day on PBS when I was in That yeah. was school. my jam. It's like, run inside. It's like 3.15. Wishbone is starting in 10 minutes. It was a simpler time. <laughs> yeah. I, watch Wishbone. I still get a kick out of how much they invested into the real world story of the wishbone episodes because those were always the most boring part i wanted to see the dog (laughs) pretending to be ivanhoe i didn't care about his owner playing basketball and arguing with the neighbor kid or finding a time capsule in his bedroom wall yeah care i don't remember that i'm trying to remember what's not memorable But there's an episode where he finds a time capsule in his bedroom wall and goes and tracks down the lady that used to live in their house. I just remember the cranky old neighbor lady with all the flamingos in her yard. She was the best. <laughs> How can you be cranky with flamingos in your yard? I don't know. I think Wishbone was always, like, digging up her yard, and she's just like, I'll get you, dog. And he's just like, I'm Wishbone. <laughs> so, what's the story, Wishbone? Uh, you know, just Vandalism. Uh, vandalism. <laughs> I want to know yard. the story behind this neighbor because someone obviously hurt her at some yeah, point bone. in her life, and so <laughs> <laughs> crap in her in her petunias. Okay, so if Lord of the Rings was a wishbone episode, 
who would Wishbone be playing? Like, Frodo. Oh, Frodo, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wishbone would have to be Frodo. Because he'd be carrying the ring around his neck like a little collar. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, I need that now. And a little cloak. <laughs> and then you find some a other like cloak. you find some other chubby dog to be Sam and put a backpack on him. Oh, like a corgi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a corgi would be perfect. Can we just remake Lord of the Rings with dogs? Heck yes. You can't tell me that hasn't been done. I've seen photo shoots, but I definitely have not seen, like, video. Right, like, somewhere out there on the internet, there's got to be at least a ten-minute clip of someone doing this. (laughs) Somewhere. There's got to be. I would be disappointed in the internet for good reasons uh, if if there wasn't, as opposed to being disappointed (laughs) in the internet for terrible reasons all the time. (laughs) Uh, Before we get too far away from this initial Urukai, which Mm -hmm. technically we already have gotten pretty far away from him, but I just want to say that I am so incredibly impressed with the fact that this arrow, which was loosed on accident, ended up killing this orc. That That is a one in a million shot. shot. Yeah. Like, there should be some guy dressed in gold armor standing behind that guy being like, the odds of successfully hitting an Urkai in the neck from this distance are blah, 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 blah to one. <laughs> I don't know the actual line. I'm not memorizing Star Wars quotes. And, and the guy just turns around and never tells me the odds. <laughs> and then he gets shot and dies. Yeah, and then immediately hit with a crossbow, <laughs> falls off the front of the wall. In exactly the same way this orc hit the dirt, but he just is on a wall instead. Oh, no. But that guy's a great shot. Obviously, his arrow was lined up perfectly. He just yeah. No, he was just waiting. He just couldn't hold it any longer. Well, his you know, it's a problem for a lot of older men. <laughs> <laughs> you really can't blame him at his oh age. Oh my god! <laughs> the fact that he was able to aim initially is impressive enough. <laughs> this guy looks like he's in his fifties. I love that you're just like whoop. Just no, I'm just letting it go. <laughs> just letting it go. I don't want to dwell on that. <laughs> I'm getting older by the day, Cassandra. Oh, I see. Uh, Pretty soon, I'm not going to be able to stand up in the morning. Our podcast is achy. so wholesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this battle just starts by accident, kind of. I appreciate the reaction of the Uruks that are standing around this initial guy that was killed mm-hmm. they just kind of look down and then start growling <laughs> it ripples out from there yeah. they killed jerry they killed jerry guys how dare they <laughs> yeah and then we get a great look at there is one urukai in particular that is called out as a puppet i'm sure that everybody <laughs> can guess which one it's like 11 seconds in right oh no he shows up twice nope that that one's I believe that the first one you see open its mouth is a dude in makeup. Really? And then the one that you are looking at dead on and zoom in on its face oh. is a puppet. <laughs> and apparently that puppet was built when they were try when they were dropped from Miramax and they were trying to pitch the movie to New Line and this puppet was built to use for test footage to pitch to New Line. Oh cool. And it was the <laughs> last thing they shot that had to that was being put into the two towers and it was one of the first things they built to pitch the movie to new line wow and the last thing they filmed for the second movie 
Huh. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I'm impressed cool. that it survived that long. I guess they just remembered that they had it, and they're like, oh, we need to get a shot of that. <laughs> yeah, because that would have been in, what, 97? Uh, I'm trying to remember 96? when they... 96? When 97? Because <laughs> they started pre-production with Miramax. Right. And they had done some set design and building of props and miniatures and armor and everything. They'd done all kinds of work already with Miramax. Miramax dropped them, and then they went to New Line. But they had started pre-production under Miramax. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. The Dutch angle and the slow zoom on that face makes so much sense now. <laughs> Look at this puppet! Look at it. We're proud of this crazy face. <laughs> that should be the screenshot for our episode. It probably will be. I'll have to... I'm sure that... Uh, I'm sure that I can get a clear one of it. I have fun picking out the most comical moment from every minute for my screen caps. <laughs> like you can, you can tell when I'm the one that's put up the when I'm the one that's put up the picture because I find the silliest face I can or just a silly moment most of the time. Unless it's Theoden, and then I'm just like, oh, what's the most serious looking Theoden in this minute? Oh, uh, the most serious looking Theoden in this minute is right about to happen when he says, "And so it begins." Yes. <laughs> Which I also oh. have notes about that line. Before we get to Thaden, though, we get that one Urukai up on the rock without a helmet, and he lifts his sword and he roars. And I know you were talking to Doug last week about this, but the way that they layer in the roars with the animal sounds, mm-hmm. there's got to be some bovine sound sneaking into this roar. I can't not hear it. It's like a bull or something. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense. These Urukai have a real beef with Rohan. Ha ha. Excellent. Womp womp. In this battle, the stakes are pretty high. Oh my god. You know. But, you know, when has Saruman ever steered them wrong? But it also (laughs) feels like these Uruks are milking this see this war cry for all it's worth but you know they're still pretty young they I, haven't been put out to pasture like most of the rohan defenders i just imagined um julia sitting beside you just shaking her head in silence <laughs> yeah pretty much just furrowed brow frown arms crossed just like why <laughs> <laughs> I love puns. Give me all the puns. I know. There's no need to be bullish. <laughs> I didn't come here to be buffaloed. Oh my gosh. Which is a synonym for bullying. Indeed. Yeah, and buffalo, buffalo, buffalo. It's buffalo, 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 buffalo is a complete grammatically correct sentence. I thought there were more buffalo in that. Yeah. You can you can go up to like you can go near infinite with it depending on how you stress each word. You can go very yeah. very far. Oh, homonyms. You gotta love them. And I think it's one, It's like the only word that you can go quite a, that far with, too. Probably. Before it, it doesn't make grammatical sense anymore. <laughs> the English language, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we get this, this shot with all CG so- Schultz. All CG soldiers. I guess that was really hard for me to, to put out there. CG shoulders as well, because that's, that's true. They are attached to said soldiers. Yeah, 
That was, that was a really hard set of sounds to get out. <laughs> Especially when I'm in the midst of my morning coffee. Eh, whatever. It's too early for warfare, dudes. It's never too early for warfare. It's just daunting how far away the Uruk army stopped before mm-hmm. they did their whole lineup stomping intimidation thing because they are so freaking far away from this wall. <laughs> yeah. They're a good, like, football fields length away. At least. At least. And then Theoden, all frowny. So it begins. <laughs> Which apparently he only oh. recorded the line a handful of times on set. But talks about saying it to himself hundreds of times, trying to figure out how he was going to say this line. Because it's just three words. Right. (laughs) The way he delivers it in the final cut of the movie, I have to wonder if Theoden had a certain thing he wanted to say at the beginning of this battle, but he was thrown off by that one guy who let go of his arrow too quickly. So he was going to give a motivational speech. Yeah. He and was, he got cut off. He was going to say something inspiring like at the Battle of Bunker like at the Battle of Bunker Hill where they're like don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes and instead this guy lets off an arrow too soon and Dayden's like, "Well, I guess we're doing this Screw now." Screw it. <laughs> okay, so we're doing this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, we haven't quoted Hamilton in a while. <laughs> That's true. I just did. Good job. Bizarre. Yeah, man. So it begins. I'm just imagining Bernard Hill wandering around for like three days on set. So it begins. I would so like avoid him. So it begins. <laughs> you imagine him sitting in the taxi or private car that he's being driven to set in, and they're at a stoplight, and it turns green. He's like, ah, so it begins. And the driver's like. Every single light, he says that. <laughs> so it begins. You better tip his driver well. I'm sure he did. <laughs> he puts something in the microwave, it hits start, and it starts heating up, and he's like, ah, so it begins. <laughs> Just imagining Bernard Hill never being able to stop saying it ever again. Just anytime he begins anything. <laughs> he steps into the bathroom, oh, and outside no. people hear, so it begins. <laughs> That line is so applicable. Hits preheat on the oven. <laughs> Every episode intro on Netflix. <laughs> Netflix noise. So it begins. Like instead of a skip intro button, it just says, so it begins specifically for Bernard Hill. Yes. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> I always thought the way that he says it... Um, it's less that he was caught off guard and more that he's, like, fully resigned himself to whatever terrible fate they're about to experience. <laughs> yeah. I love the looks on the faces of this other guy. And yeah, who is that? I have no idea. He showed up last week. Not Hama. And we don't That's know. who he is. <laughs> we don't know who he is. And Gambling just looks so dour. Just... Staring off ahead, and this guy, the the other guy, you know, similar look on his face. And he's slightly tilted to the to the left, but gambling is just very much not looking at him. Okay, this is going to be an incredibly inside baseball thing of me to say, but that dude on the left does he remind you at all of Thomas Howarth? 
from the oh, oh gosh, what did he do? Was it um, Never Ending Minute? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like it kind of reminds me of him. <laughs> and this guy is gigantic. He is huge. He should be down there swinging a sword around somewhere, not up here. This guy looks like he should have a big old crazy Hollywood Viking axe in his hands. I don't remember seeing him previous to this. Uh, yeah, I don't either. I feel like we would have noticed because... Go back where you came from, not Hama. He's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way that they are um, arranged, though, because it makes a very pleasing, like, downward slope from the right to the left. Right. This... As far as their heads oh, yeah. go. Yeah, this guy's, like, gigantic. But he's in the background. And he's in the background. So how much bigger than Bernard Hill is this guy? I don't know. Because at the distance that Gambling's at, him and Theoden are not so different in height. And then this other guy, if he was right up next to Bernard Hill, would be like six inches taller. (laughs) Is this some sort of Rohan royal decree that if you're taller than the king, you have to stand a certain number of paces behind him? Probably. You can never look taller than the king. (laughs) I mean, but... But he clearly does. (laughs) Well, it's either that or make Bernard Hill wear pumps or whatever platform shoes are called when kings wear them. Or or just a really large helmet with some lovely plumage (laughs) on top. Big old (laughs) feather sticking out the top. There you go. Do you think Theoden would care about that as far as like him being a king? No, probably not. He has other concerns. Failing his niece and nephew. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Abandoning his his country. Bending his country. <laughs> Being brainwashed, you know, is... <laughs> 10,000 orcs. He's, he's got some other concerns at the moment. <laughs> so it begins. I like the reuse of this um, Lothlorien elvish music um, when the orcs charge. It doesn't really make any sense to me because the orcs are moving and not the elves, but... Yeah, but that music starts and then we're about to see the elves all, like, get ready to fire. That's, yeah, that's true. This charge begins around second 10. Yes. And the arrows don't start flying until 30 seconds later. And it's actually like a little over 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like half this minute is just these Uruks charging. And it makes me physically tired to watch this. <laughs> I know I'm not in pristine in shape. Seconds. Oh, probably not this far. I don't have the stamina and strength of a murder toddler. <laughs> and they're not sprinting either. They're like, well, they're not. Are they running? Are they jogging? It's like a leisurely jog. I guess. Because yeah. you can't you can't waste all your energy on the charge. Yeah, but there's something to be said for like the adrenaline of really whipping yourself up like that, too. To get you pumped. Yeah, I don't run, so. Got to get the adrenaline pump in. They're running to like stretch them, stretch their legs, get ready for all the standing and swinging they're about to do. I mean, yeah, it looks some... like a purposeful jog. Yeah. yeah, it's a very brisk pace. Man, these, these Uruks are getting so much cardio because <laughs> not only are they j- running, they're going to be climbing. Ugh. I guess I should have made this joke last week, but I'm just imagining because I said. It's a brisk pace. The old brisk iced tea commercials with Sylvester Stallone. Oh my saying, god! Saying it's brisk, baby. <laughs> oh, that's so wow. That was like 
a corner of my brain that I haven't unlocked in like a long time. <laughs> right, like a little a little window opened up, and it's just like I do remember those weird claymation Sylvester Stallone yeah, Chris commercials. That's so. Oh my god. It's just the catchphrase just woke it up, right? It's it's brisk. That's brisk, baby. And yep. it's just you just hear it as Sylvester Stallone and see the weird little clay. It's pace. like echoing through the chambers of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Wishbone running around in there. This is a real nostalgia. Just, just, thing. just chasing his tail. <laughs> Man, I was always happy with the background, like the behind the scenes footage at the end of episodes of Wishbone. Or just the dog messing around, <laughs> just not doing what they wanted to do because <laughs> it's a dog. Oh my god, we're back at Wishbone. Children and animals never work with them. Yep, that show had both. Yeah, <laughs> we get some. We get a shot of Haldir firing his bow. Yes. Good old Craig Parker. Oh man, looking very serious. Too soon. I'm not yeah. excited about talking about what happens to Haldir. That's in, that's in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, he's only here for like three weeks. We have yeah, but he gets so many cool moments. Yeah. yeah, but we only have twelve minutes total of Craig Parker <laughs> in the trilogy. Yeah, in these two movies. Woof. No. I mean, if you just string all his scenes together, right, right. That's his... so funny that he made such an impression, though. Oh, I just remembered. He was the guy back in the first movie who asked where Gandalf was, right? No, no that was that different. Is that a different Not guy? Kyrdan. Um Kyrdan's Grey Havens. Um Celeborn. Celeborn. Haldir is the one who's got oh, the and he says the dwarf breathes so loud we would have we could have shot him in the dark. He's also the elf that names Galadriel on their way to uh Lothlorien. to the heart of Loth- Lothlorien yeah. to uh Karis Galadon, oh. which he also names. It's a shame that the only elves from Lothlorien that actually get to see Gandalf are the ones that survive this battle. Oh, no. Which which does not include Haldir. He never gets to see Gandalf. Exactly. No. He's seen Gandalf before. <laughs> Except, like, in the context of the books, that's not true because Gandalf stops at Lorien after being saved by the eagles. Right. He gets his sweet um, white robe from Galadriel. Galadriel's closet. Yeah. yeah. He probably stole it. <laughs> hey, Galadriel, are you wearing this? No? <laughs> it's mine Okay, now. I'm going to take it. I need a robe to wear, and we're about the same height and build. Can I take this? <laughs> That's an heirloom. It's mine now. We missed out on a montage of Galadriel and... <laughs> and Gandalf trying on outfits in front of Lothlorien mirrors. Oh my god. And you have like a, a hip poppy soundtrack and he's like twirling around he's like wearing all these different dresses with, with and Kate she's Blanchett like, dressed as Galadriel no. like sitting in a chase lounge like shaking her head or <laughs> or being into it oh my god you get a little montage of them dancing around in the background music mm-hmm. perfect they're both wearing sunglasses yeah just Kate Blanchett and Ian McKellen out for a day on the town dude yes I would watch an hour of that are you kidding me <laughs> I will never get tired of watching Ian McKellen or Kate Blanchett. I don't care what they're doing. It could just be a, just footage of them sitting in a chair. <laughs> They'll make it interesting. So, in this minute, we also have Legolas stating the obvious again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in Elvish, he says, their armor is weak at the neck. And we literally just, just saw that, because mm-hmm. that guy got the lucky shot in. Yeah. Like, really, really, Legolas... 
You're telling other elves how to fight orcs? <laughs> Wait. It, it kind of bothers me how quietly he's speaking. I feel like he should be maybe sharing that information with more of the people around him if he's actually sharing it fresh. Mm. Yeah, but you know, the, the elves around him can probably hear the urukai at the back of the line tiptoeing, so it's fine. Yeah, but like, <laughs> with all that sensory information, how do you, like, sift through it? Like, how do you filter all of that stuff out? I don't know. Ask the mantis shrimp how it can see anything. I don't want to because it would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> because they see in all three, or, well, I'm, I guess there's more than three, but they see in three light spectrums for their vision and they have to filter all that information out. So there's a creature in our world that just has an absurd amount of visual sensory information That's, that it filters through. Because yeah. his eyes are already, like, crazy. Yeah. Because mantis shrimp see ultraviolet, the visible spectrum that we see, and infrared. Oh my god. That's just how Legolas sees. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's probably how elves see things. Because they just have to be better than us in, in every way. Mm -hmm. Practically perfect in every way. <laughs> There's no elf releasing an arrow early. They release, they release arrows precisely when they mean to. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I love that there is an extra just as Aragorn is saying release arrows. He's to his left on the screen. And with his when he has his arrow pulled back and with it with his arrow ready to fire and his bow in his hands, the look on his face is like abject terror. Oh yeah, these two right behind Aragorn um are my favorite. Uh, they look horrified. It's we, incredible. We see more of them, I think it's Next minute. Yeah, next minute. When they're, like, firing. Well, one looks horrified and the other is looks pretty stoic. He's got, like, duck face. He's got the duck lips going yeah, on. he's pouty. It's like, oh. It's like his mouth is slightly open with the corners of his mouth pulled down. Uh -huh. Oh, man. Just an expression unbecoming of an elf. There's a lot of that this week. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a particular shot of an elf turning around directly at the camera a little later on that I really like. <laughs> oh, that dude. That dude. Uh, but my my favorite close-up on an extra's face in this whole battle is right at the end of this minute. Oh, the... Because... The guy with no eye. Yes, and that is a man legitimately missing his eye. He showed up on set as an Dude, extra. Dude, that's hardcore. He showed up on set as an extra with an eye patch, and they talked to him about whether or not he want, like about wanting him to not have the eye patch on for the shot. And he was really self conscious about it, but he did it. And after he did it, he said he felt really relieved to do it, and it made him feel better about himself that they wanted to use him in the movie, like so close up with his missing eye. That's awesome. So that's pretty cool. I would think that there would be a larger market out there for both people who wear eye patches, well, legitimately, and people with only one eye. Mm -hmm. It's just a unique feature that you just don't see in your everyday extra. Right. Yeah, but then Hollywood goes and they hire Scarlett Johansson to play that part <laughs> and just digitally remove the eye. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson plays Blackbeard. Uh, oh my god. Those Hollywood casting people. They could cast someone that actually fits the bill for the character, or they could just hire ScarJo. Such a challenge <laughs> as an actor. 
Oh man, that's. <laughs> so is it just me, or do these elven bows have a ridiculous amount of stopping power? Yes, they sure do. The Ro- the Rohirrim bow, just hit that orc in the neck, sunk in, guy fell over. These elven bows knock people off their feet. Mm-hmm. And. These Uruk are actively charging forward. There is a lot of kinetic energy in these bodies as they're moving, and these arrows are not only stopping that movement, but reversing it. It's just throwing them off balance terribly. Yeah, I gotta wonder what the pull, what the draw strength on these bows is. It's gotta be a couple hundred pounds. And these arrows are not small either. No. They're big honking arrows. And I guess there's a there's a mix of digital arrows and practical arrows in these shots. Oh, cool. And rubber-tipped practical arrows for archers on set to fire. That would, that would still hurt. Ow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But obviously, the people firing practical arrows, the draw strength on their bows would have to be pretty light. Right. Yeah. And all these guys are wearing have you guys ever? Have you guys ever done archery tag? archery tag i want to because that sounds I really dangerous like <laughs> okay so for a buddy of mine's bachelor party we found a place that does archery tag and they came to his dad's house and set up a course and basically they give you a bunch of these just 40 pound draw bows and you have a bunch of fiberglass arrows with these giant foam tips on the end <laughs> and you put on your paintball mask and you spend the day just shooting arrows at your oh friends. And it's gosh. paintball rules. So you duck and you weave. And if you get hit, you go back to the base and wait for the elimination round to finish. And it's a whole lot of fun. I've seen courses in like knee-deep water for archery tag. Woof. Footage of it. And it just that sounds exhausting. looks insane. Yeah, that's too much effort for me. <laughs> it's like courses in brooks and stuff. People are hardcore about stuff like that. There's a pretty there's a pretty hardcore paintball course less than an hour from here. I've never been paintballing because I like having both eyes, I guess. The uh my old my <laughs> old middle school homeroom teacher for seventh grade owned owns a pool and spa company. And <laughs> on and As on, you do. And on the land Behind it, he bought all kinds of land that borders the the river, like 15 acres, and he turned over half of it into a paintball course. And he sells paintball stuff and rents paintball stuff out of another room at the pool and spa company he owns (laughs) for this paintball course. That's really funny. So I played paintball once. Spent most of it hiding in a bush, waiting to ambush people. Yeah, that's... Because camping is a legitimate strategy. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. It's a lot of people moving slowly through underbrush. But he <laughs> built, he was the shop teacher in the middle school. So he built, all, welded all kinds of stuff to bring back to the course oh. out of scrap metal from the school. <laughs> like downed planes and all kinds of stuff. Wow. And he, he flavored it like a leftover Vietnam battlefield. So there's oh, all no. this. So there's just. Like, there are pits, and there's irrigated areas where water runs over the trail, and things that look like downed planes, and cars, jeeps. I'm more of a laser tag person. Laser tag's fun. Because that's inside, 
first of all. It's inside. Oh, but playing paintball in the rain is fun. Oh. This doesn't look fun. No, this is this is running around with a lot of heavy equipment and hitting each other with spears and sticks. <laughs> Which is its own kind of fun if you're not legitimately trying to kill each other. Yeah. Me and my sister made swords as kids out of sticks and stuff. That's dangerous. Swung them around at each other. Yeah, it was fun. Oh. I can... I can confirm the danger of swinging sticks at siblings. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's still fun. My brother still has a scar right between his eyes. Oh, no. I took a gigantic branch and I swung it at him. And because the jan- branch was gigantic, even though the end that I was swinging was not going very fast, the end that hit him was going very yeah. fast and gashed him right between the eyes. So he runs back to the house Blood streaming down his face. I got in trouble. <laughs> Imagine that. Really? Did you get in trouble? I did. I did get Find in trouble. That hard to believe. Somehow we never seriously injured each other, even though we would take pieces of molding that were extra from when the house was built and nail one, nail one to the other crosswise like a sword handle and swing them at each other and hit them, <laughs> oh to, hit them together. Oh my god. Okay. When you say that the molding was extra, do you mean that it was left over or that the molding was just really tacky? <laughs> just left over. It wasn't tacky. Oh, it was okay. just your standard, I... like, tan crown molding. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> With another piece nailed to it as a cross guard. And then the nail bent over so that it's not pokey. That stresses me out. Because safety first. That's right. <laughs> stresses me out but, I mean, and my parents have my, my parents have a junkyard which meant we also found all kinds of metal things to make pra- no. play weapons out of as children oh my god why because when you live practically in the woods you find things to occupy your time I guess so I don't really have any other notes for this minute right you're talking about like <laughs> swinging sticks around well, you've got Gimli asking if they hit anything. Oh, that's true. That's true. The the barest beginnings of Gimli's comedy in this battle. <laughs> Is it the beginning? He's just what? like he's just like hopping up and down a little bit where he's sitting holding his axe. Did they hit anything? I would have thought the comedy started like I, two I, weeks I mean, ago. I guess he literally laughs last week. Right. Shall I find you a box? I, ah! He should have taken Legolas up on the offer, because then he would have been able to see. Or maybe Legolas should have followed Gimli's advice and found a better spot. Yeah. Or maybe Gimli <laughs> shouldn't be on the wall, yeah. where he can't contribute to this, this event. I feel like they could probably just take Gimli, put him out on the causeway, and then lock the door behind him, oh. and he could just hold that position. <laughs> Probably for a but while, yeah. you have yeah. to keep Legolas and Gimli together. They're a pair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Can't separate a man and his dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a dwarf and his elf? Yes, a man and his elf. Yeah, there we go. That's a better. A man and his elf. No, that's Aragorn <laughs> and Legolas, dude. <laughs> Gotta keep the trio together, although Aragorn is a little ways away from They're, like, all over the place in this battle, but we'll, we'll like, talk about it. We'll get there, yeah. So, Aragorn has gone full shift manager at this point. He's been given the power, and he's just taking it. 
it's like when one of your friends gets promoted at work and suddenly they just become a different person because they have all this responsibility now. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, Aragorn, you going to count kills with us? And he's like, I'm too busy shouting out orders in Elvish. <laughs> I'm too busy taking over Haldir's responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that I think is so funny about this. Haldir shows up with a group. Yeah, he's clearly in charge. Presumably loyal to Haldir. And Aragorn's just like, oh, thanks for the army, bro. I'll take care of this. The, the power You transfer, get in line with everybody else. The the transfer of power happened when Aragorn hugged him. Yeah, he took that by force, though. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> that was just him displaying power over Haldir because he, Haldir didn't, didn't do anything. And the other elves are just like, well, I guess I'll listen to that guy. <laughs> wow, he hugged Haldir. <laughs> just... <laughs> and Haldir patted him on the back, and that was a sign that, yep, I guess these are yep. yours now. Acknowledgement. Just, yep, okay. Is that what happens when guys hug each other? <laughs> they transfer power It's just like around? a dominance game? No, it's not really. Okay. Whichever one can squeeze well, harder? Well, if you're hugging the correct way, it's a power <laughs> play, but... Is that why you guys slap? <laughs> Things are becoming clearer. They're learning our secrets. Didn't I talk about this like a month ago? Like, is that why you guys slap, <laughs> slap each other on the back? Oh my god. We figured it out. It's like a firm handshake, but instead it's a slap on the back. Just hug people, man. Hugs. Just hug normally. Hugs, not strugs. Anyway. My name's Haldir, and I like warm hugs. Aww. <laughs> I think I called that episode Girls warm hugs. Girls use hugs as power plays, too. That's true. <laughs> it's not as straightforward, though. No. It's more devious. So did you guys mention, or did you guys uh, recognize the recycled shot at the end of this minute? The recycled shot? Yes. It's not 100% the same thing because I cut them out of the minute, put them side by side. It's a slightly different angle, but but based on how I cut up the minute, there is a close-up around 40-some-odd seconds in. It's probably like 45, 48 seconds in. Right before Gimli says, did they hit anything? It's an Uruk being struck by an arrow and falling backwards. Mm-hmm. So that's one shot in your mind. And then at the end of this minute, like probably one of the last things we see, because I think my cuts are a little bit off from yours, but there is a recycled shot exactly after, let's see, we get the wide shot looking up oh, yeah, from below, and the swarm of arrows raining down, and then we see arrows strike an Uruk. It's the uh, the Rohan arrows doing what Legolas's arrow did earlier. I made a gif. I'll post it in the okay. list. I just saw it. Of course we just did. watched that like 15 second span of the minute, and I just saw it. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about now. I was scrubbing through this minute, cutting it up, and getting my notes together, and I saw that, and I was like, Hold on a second. What you doing, Peter Jackson? <laughs> because they literally He's being have economical with his footage. They literally have <laughs> hours and hours of footage of nothing but stuntmen for this battle. Mm. He could have done anything. <laughs> there was no need to recycle that shot. It's a good shot. Other than eh, I just like this one. We're gonna do this slightly closer, a slightly different angle, and just cut it into this other volley. It's good. No one will notice. <laughs> We noticed. Except I noticed. <laughs> they didn't plan on me. I, I really think we need to design some sort of heraldry 
with just I noticed in Latin <laughs> underneath it for the movies by minute stuff. A heraldry. <laughs> like a crest. Yeah. With just I noticed in Latin. <laughs> I love it. What is I noticed in Latin? No well, idea. Now we have to look. I don't. I never took Latin in high school. No one took Latin in high school. So I know people who took yeah. Latin in high school. Do you, though? Yes, I went to college with them. They don't exist. They were in our wedding. <laughs> Latin in high school is a myth of media. Okay. It's a, it's a myth of high school comedies. No one takes Latin. I guess Vermont is just a myth of media, then. Yeah. Vermont, doesn't exist. Vermont yeah. is the state that makes New Hampshire nervous. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes New Hampshire nervous. It's just leering over the back end of New Hampshire all the time. All right. Now, I didn't take latin at all but google has an english to latin translator and apparently don't quote me on this and definitely don't count on my pronouncing this correctly but the latin word for noticed is anima divertit Bless you. or anima diverti something like that so i noticed would basically just be i anima divertit hmm. oh. If you wanted to go with I saw that, it would be I quad vidi. Hmm. That sounds a little bit better. Don't you pronounce the, I think and you pronounce I mean, I, Google is going one to one. Right. I think you pronounce <laughs> I as E when you see it in Latin by itself. Yeah, wouldn't it just e be quod like, vidi? Would be E quad vidi? Wouldn't it just be the conjugated verb? <laughs> Without I, the I? Like it's it's uh superfluous? That doesn't. I, but Latin's not always like that, right? But like Spanish is like that. Yeah, but Spanish, Spanish is always is like that. Language. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's but, close out this. <laughs> yeah. Before I start talking about like conjugations. <laughs> right before we go on a deep dive in in Latin language grammar. I mean, Tolkien would be proud, but I guess yeah, that's true. It's the spirit of the thing. Just leaning in close to the to the. To the speaker, just, yes, talk more about language. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Rick and Julia. Yeah. Our pleasure. Where can our listeners find you guys on the internet? If people are looking to hear more of us, we can be found primarily on our website, madmaxminute.com, but we are also on iTunes and Google Play. We're on Twitter, at MadMaxMinute. And if you are a Facebook person, just go up to the search bar, type in Mad Max Minute, you'll find our main page and our listener group, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. <laughs> That's perfect. Nice. Makes me happy when some of these minute by Movies by Minute listener groups have great pun opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond Microphone is really good. So we're from we're from the website, DuelingGenre.com. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to DuelingGenre.com slash support, where for as little as $1 a month, you'll get some bonus content. Mm-hmm. I just recorded some of that drunk bonus content the other day. So Scott Pilgrim <laughs> versus The Minute. So, as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Helm's Deep. Bye! Bye.